I'm so hype. I spent all day yesterday day drinking and playing Cards Against Humanity with my friends in England. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was great. I had the best fucking time. I didn't have to worry about being hungover. I didn't have anything else to do. I did my laundry today. I did all my laundry today. I played with my cat this morning. Like, I did like lots of nice me things that were going to make me happy. Instead of, oh shit, I have to get up and plan lessons and do grading. Alternatively, I spent most of yesterday hungover. <laughs> oh no! Uh, we watched, we did watch the McElroy thing last night. The movie oh, family. that was very good fun. It was delightful. Um, I enjoyed it. But we had a bit too much brandy on Friday night, uh, so. Oh no. Why are you drinking brandy on Friday night? Uh, I bought it to go in some eggnog. Oh, and we uh-huh. watched the last two episodes of Supernatural. That's why. <laughs> is that is that the end end of Supernatural? That is the end end. So Jesus fucking Christ. We watched the last three episodes, and the third to last episode was the one that everybody was talking about with Castiel confessing his love to Dean mm-hmm. and then immediately mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. and going to gay jail. Um, go to forever gay jail. Then the second to last episode is them basically doing a, like an Ocean's Eleven style. They defeat God. Of course. Of course they do. Because what else is going to happen in this show that's been running right. for, for fucking ever? Their friend, who's actually the son of Lucifer, becomes the new God. <laughs> and then the, the last episode is just a normal, like, so they do a vampire hunt and then Dean dies in like a kind of a fluke accident and then sam lives out the rest of his life the best part of this last episode is that sam goes and he gets married and he has a kid we never Mm. see the woman's face what she's the first scene we see is him like holding a toddler's hand he's wearing overalls that are embroidered with the name dean so presumably he named his kid dean yeah of course because what else right would the supernatural fans want or need and then he's like seven or eight and his Uh, They're playing catch in the yard and the woman is standing in the background. Don't give a shit about this woman. (laughs) Like, No, because it's not about... That show is only about Sam and Dean. And and Castiel and killing off the women characters. So everybody else is expendable doesn't... doesn't, isn't important. Doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't know. One of the reasons why I get annoyed when shows go on for longer than four or five seasons is, okay, what are you going to do now? Because that's when you start to really jump the shark, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, what's left for Supernatural? They kill God. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) They actually effectively, functionally turn God into a human. Like, their friend is a sponge, and he sucks up all of God's powers and becomes the new God, and then God becomes human and has to live out a human life. What if God was one of us? I just wanted to watch it because I wanted to see, you know, with my own two eyeballs. (laughs) But, oh, Lord. Oof. So, those are all the spoilers for Supernatural. That's what happened. You don't need to watch it because I did it for you. Well, that sounds like a great segue. (laughs) Welcome to Are You Serious? A Journey Through Bad Reddit Relationships. I am Morgan. I'm Esme, and this is episode 36. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I think it's episode 36. Yes. 
Oddly, Ugh. Reddit had like kind of a very normal week. No poop stories. Oof. No weird food things. Everyone's ramping up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, just mostly interpersonal conflicts here. And this first one is an Am I the Asshole post. OP's daughter is 15. Okay. Am I the asshole for making my daughter wear ugly clothing as a punishment? (laughs) (laughs) Normally, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, it depends what she did. Like, I am all for punishment fitting the crime, right? Just as a general rule. Like, we've talked previously about the old chewing gum under the desk punishment, Mm -hmm. which I think is like, hey, if you're going to do something, here's the consequences of your actions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, My wife and I have a 15-year-old daughter, Lily. Like my wife, Lily loves fashion and has a huge collection of designer clothes. We don't mean to spoil her, but she is generally well-behaved and very academically talented. She is the top of all of her classes at school. Unfortunately, the teachers discovered that Lily and her friends had been bullying another girl and that Lily was the ringleader. I won't go into detail, but we were told that if not for Lily's exceptional academic record, she would have been expelled from school. Damn, that must have been really bad. Yeah. Shit. And uh, I I feel like this is probably a private school, though. Yes. Because it's a lot easier to get expelled from a private school than a public school. Like, the board, the school board has to have a meeting and agree to expel a kid if if it's a public school. And also, academic record wouldn't count for shit at a public school. No, Like, it it, it would mean nothing. Yeah. We offered Lily two punishments. One, no phone and no contact with her friends for however long we decide. Two, no nice clothes for the same amount of time. She chose the second. My wife padlocked her wardrobe, but took out a few (laughs) plain tracksuits and t-shirts that she rarely wears. Lily was understandably very upset. Like her mother, she likes to dress her best for a 10-minute trip to the shop. She hates this punishment, but still prefers it over the first one we offered. I got a call from my sister today saying that Lily had phoned her up in a, quote, flood of tears about not being able to wear the clothes she loves. Lily told her that she feels like she's in prison because she isn't allowed to wear what she wants. My sister said that Lily had never sounded so upset. She tried to say that clothing is an expression of her personality and that Lily feels vulnerable and insecure in the clothes we made her wear. Oh no, (laughs) she feels vulnerable and insecure? That sucks. (laughs) We don't intend to stop the punishment, but my sister's call gave me a lot to think about. Obviously, Lily needs to be punished for what she did, but I don't like the idea of making our daughter feel upset and vulnerable. Was this punishment too harsh? No! First off, she chose it, right? Right, exactly. She had an option. And I always think that if you're going to punish a kid, they should understand that the punishment is... Being punished is always a choice, right? Otherwise, I mean, like, the way... What I mean by that is you do the crime, you do the time, right? If you don't want to be punished, you don't do the thing that you shouldn't be doing. Right. By giving her the choice, like, that's like, okay, you did something wrong. These are two ways we can think to solve it. And you choose which one you, you can live with. That's way more leeway than I would give somebody who could have been expelled from school for bullying another child. Yeah. Second, I think it's good that she's feeling the way that the, the person that she was bullying is feeling. Yeah. I I mean, reading the first half, I felt like that wasn't as good of a punishment. Like, no. obviously, if she's bullying this kid, more than likely these days, it is involving using her phone. And mm-hmm. also, it's her friends mm-hmm. that were helping her bully this girl, right? Yes. So she should have those things taken away. But the, I'd have done both. Yeah. I also wouldn't do something like the, the clothing thing unless she chose it. 
which she did, right? Because that to me feels like more personal, I guess. It is a it's a very specific punishment for the person. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like there's definitely a way to do that where it's abusive. Because I've had students say, "Oh no, my my parents took some of my clothes away." because I had bad grades or whatever. And there's definitely a way to do that that is not cool and is probably going to cause lasting issues on the kid. But taking away her designer clothes is She still has stuff to wear. Tracksuits, plain t-shirts. It's not like she's freezing or she doesn't have shoes. Or, you know, it's also like we're in a fucking pandemic. Where the fuck is she going where she needs to wear designer clothes to the shop? Right, exactly. So in terms of the situation right now, it's... It's not that terrible a punishment unless you're actually her. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm wearing pajamas literally every day oh, yeah. this week. Like, I don't give a fuck. If someone sees me, someone sees me. But I also could care less. I mean, I only put pants on when I do go to the store. And most of that time it is after I go for a run. So I'm just wearing like leggings and tennis shoes. But yeah, I definitely feel like they are doing the right thing. However, mm-hmm. they need to do something else about like they need to make sure that she understands what she did was wrong and sit down and talk to her and say you're feeling this way imagine how the girl that you were bullying feels. she feels the same way that you do right now and you don't ever want to feel this way again her emotional state needs to be equated to the act that she committed yes right otherwise it's a, a useless punishment it just seems like cruelty for cruelty's sake to the kid And we know that because she understood that, hey, I can either get away with still talking to my friends and having my phone, or they can take my clothes. So she chose the lesser punishment. Right, which is absolutely the lesser punishment. And again, with the pandemic thing, I understand being very hesitant to take away your students' contact to the outside world right now. Because I can't remember if we said this on the podcast or if I read it on Reddit or whatever, but normally if you take a kid's phone away... They can still go to school, talk to their friends, but now it's literally the only way that they have to contact them and talk to people their own age and vent. So I would hesitate and maybe just take it away at night or something like that. They can have it during the day or take it away during the day when they have classes and give it back to them for like a couple of hours at night. Yeah, I I, I think a timed approach is probably the best for that. (sighs) Yeah, bullying is always difficult because... Some kids are going to respond to a punishment for that and some aren't. And you want to be seen that you're doing something that is beneficial to the victim. Yeah. Because otherwise everything you do seems kind of empty. And I'm wondering how this punishment is actually going to prevent the kid from doing the same thing in the future. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only thing that I'm kind of uh, about. Like on the face of it, it's a great punishment because she has lost some of her freedom and, you know, it's 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 putting her in the same emotional state as her victim. But unless there is, like, a secondary, okay, now you understand that this is the feeling, you don't want to do this again, then it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah, and I would say hopefully have a sit-down talk with her, and then if she comes to understand the error of her ways, maybe have her write a letter to the victim and apologize for it. Again, we've said this before, that apologies cannot be forced. And so Mm -hmm. I would say that only if she is genuine, have her apologize. And again, we've said on the the podcast before, you want to give the person who's been offended the opportunity to either accept or reject that apology, Mm -hmm. which is why a letter is better than trying to orchestrate a face-to-face communication about this. Yeah. You don't want to 
force the victim to be in a position where she feels worse. Yeah, and I've, I've um, in the field of education, the phrase restorative justice has gotten kind of a bad rap because it's usually meant to mean in place of punishment, have a little conversation and call it good. But I think in conjunction with punishment, uh, it can be very beneficial to have a conversation with a mediator. And I've done that with students before where the assistant principal will sit down and facilitate a conversation and it works out really well and can work out really well, but it also needs to be genuine on both sides. I was talking to my eighth graders on this issue. We did like a little anti-bullying mini lesson or whatever. And I was saying to them, look, there are lots of memes that go around like, oh, teachers don't give a shit if you're being bullied. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we have to do in order to affect a punishment that's going to be useful and we have parents to talk to and we have to get evidence and we have to have proof and like it's not like we can't just jump in and fight the bully for you (laughs) on your word unless we see it happen unless we actually physically see it happening and we can write a report like i think a lot of kids feel like if they say something about bullying something has to happen right away. And I agree, something does have to happen right away, but that's not how the school system works. And it's frustrating for me too. I want to do something. I don't want to see a kid being bullied. Like, and you know, there is, there have been situations before when I've been in school and I've seen a kid being bullied and I've gone to administration and administration have said, well, have you told them to stop? And it's like, well, I have, but when it's half the class picking on one particular kid what is it you want me to do about this you want me to give half the class detention because then you have to deal with that and that's just not useful and i have been frustrated with that system before but you know there are things we can do and things we can't yeah i um our school has this system where you can have a kid a teacher can just say i would like this kid suspended from my class for two days which is really nice because it's like I need to remove the offending student from this situation and we will deal with it later, like, so that it doesn't disrupt the learning of the rest of the students. Right. Which I've only had to do, like, once. So, yeah, I think the punishment needs to be tied more concretely to the offense and then they need to also not give in because the kid is feeling bad because obviously the the point is that she should... The point of the punishment is that she feels bad. You don't punish someone to make them feel good. (laughs) Unless you're in a specific sexual situation, which, you know, (laughs) if that's your kink, whatever, you go for it, my dude. All right. So this next one I have is uh, also school related, but I thought it was a little bit different. Well, it is a lot different. You trying to Stockholm Syndrome me? (laughs) Like, I just got free. Man, I told you that there wasn't a lot going on on Reddit this week. It's true. It's true. And this is a bad teacher. <gasps> no. Am I the asshole for reporting my daughter's teacher for forcing her to write an essay? Well, <laughs> the, the phrase forcing. <laughs> and, and this is one of those cases where the title could be a little more descriptive, but you really don't have that much, that many characters in the title of uh, Am I the Asshole? Isn't, isn't all schoolwork forced? <laughs> like, that's... I mean, I can't bend a kid's arm behind their back and be like, you're going to write me a fucking essay, but like... <laughs> they they would love you to do that where you just take their hand and you write the essay for them. You know, they would love that. <laughs> in this essay, I will. <laughs> uh, so the daughter is 10, which in the US means she's in fifth grade. Okay. She's still elementary school. My daughter is in fifth grade this year during this wonderful pandemic. She has been doing distance learning this entire school year. I have had several issues with this teacher since the start of the school year. I have spoken to her numerous times when things have come up. 
For instance, her teacher has told the students, including my daughter, to use Google whenever they need help figuring out a math problem while they are in school <laughs> rather than asking for help. She also always has her mic on, which wouldn't be bad, except she was talking badly about parents and saying horrible things about <gasps> the, the kids. I don't know if she realized her mic was on at that time, but it was extremely inappropriate to say the least. She was very vocal about her political beliefs to the kids. Any kid that showed a different opinion was put on mute. I am a firm believer that teachers should not vocalize their political beliefs into children. Me fucking too. It is a very touchy subject for most people, especially now, and teachers should remain neutral so as not to sway young minds. I have a lot to say about that. I think in theory that's a good idea. Like, it really is none of the kids' business what my political leanings are, and that's what I tell them. I'm like, it's really none of your concern what I believe or what I don't. But at the same time... Like, I feel like, especially as kids get older, teachers should be allowed to say, hey, I don't agree with this politician and I don't think their policies are good and this is why. I don't think it should be just like, ah, we should all love the ruler of our country because he's a great and virtuous leader. Like, it shouldn't be preachy. It should be, these are my beliefs and this is why and you can find your own beliefs. I definitely agree that teachers should be upfront. When I was in high school, my AP US history teacher was very conservative, which I didn't realize until years later. So I am still like, in the last couple of years, I've learned some things about US history that I did not know. uh, And I thought was a different thing because of that teacher. And it makes me feel very gaslit and betrayed because had I known the teacher's political leanings, I would have been able to take her opinions with a grain of salt. Sure. For example, she really played down the role of slavery and starting the Civil War. Yeah, so that kind of stuff. And so I think that teachers can say this is what my beliefs are as long as they're not like, you know, putting that on the kids. Right. Punishing kids for for believing differently or whatnot. Yeah. I, I... I struggle with this because I live in a very red area. Yeah. Um, and I know that some of my colleagues have voted particular ways and it makes me, considering the the kids, the population of kids in the school, Yeah, exactly. makes me feel kind of, so I just, I just don't talk about politics at school at all. Yeah. Because it's really nobody's business. As long as I'm doing my job and people are learning English, what the fuck is the problem? Yeah. And then sometimes, for example, students have asked me in this year and um, in 2016, who are you voting for for president? And we have a very diverse student population. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say, well, I don't think I should say that because our students need to hear that I am not voting for a person who wants to kick them out of the country Mm -hmm. or wishes harm upon them. They need to know that they are in a safe place. And while I think we've gotten too into, oh, it's my opinion and therefore it's valid. Some opinions, like being a Nazi, are not valid. Mm, No. (laughs) And you don't get to be like, well, this is just my opinion when you want people to come back to school and not have to wear masks, which is just not based in fact or other things. So I think, I mean, and and that validating of this far right ideology is just another way to legitimize our current political climate, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) Yeah. And so it, it, some things do not get validation. 
should not get validation and they do i have a very easy out right now because i am not allowed to vote in the u.s <laughs> so when the kids are like who are you voting for for president i'm like i'm not allowed to vote so nobody <laughs> and, then, and then we have more interesting conversations about legal immigration mm -hmm. which uh they're interested in rather than who are you voting for president yeah my drama kids this year asked me who are you voting for and i was like i'll tell you who i'm not voting for and then they figured that out <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, that's that whole conversation. This is a fully different issue. Okay. Uh, so she said, each time I've emailed her about it, I get it. This is all new to us and mistakes happen. It is a learning curve for all of us and that is okay. However, my daughter recently came to me because her teacher is now forcing them to write an essay about how they should get rid of turkey for Thanksgiving this year and go full vegetarian. The essay actually says that eating meat is unhealthy and goes on to talk about how unsanitary it is and how turkey contains salmonella and can kill you and that turkeys are killed inhumanely. It says to find the research to back up these claims and explain why it is better to be vegetarian. My daughter was not happy as turkey has always been a tradition in our family. When my daughter brought it up to the teacher, my daughter suggested she could write an essay about how having turkey is a family tradition or about the pilgrims or about why turkey is a tradition for Thanksgiving. Her teacher told her that if she did not do the assignment as given, she would be given an F. When she told me and then showed me, I was taken aback and quite unsure of what to say. I've never had a teacher be so blatant with their personal beliefs and then shove them onto the kids for a grade. She already told my daughter she would fail her if she didn't do the assignment the way the teacher wants, so I'm unsure if speaking to her privately would be beneficial to my daughter. No. Will I be the asshole if I report her directly to the principal for forcing my daughter to write this essay? Uh, this is a difficult one. This teacher is engaging in a lot of bad practice. I'm gonna say that to start with. Yes. I definitely have to be careful about the things that I teach and the opinions that I put out, right? Because you, you want, like you said before, you want the kids to be safe and to feel like they're respected and their opinions are valid and whatever. These kids are 10 years old. Mm -hmm. They do not make choices right now like, I want to be vegetarian because killing animals is inhumane. They're fucking 10. So if, with older kids... If it was fully explored, I don't think this would be so much of an issue. But you have to give both sides, right? And it has to be a choice. An essay like, oh, write an essay either for or against Turkey at Thanksgiving. But you have to, if you're doing against Turkey, these are some things you can talk about. If you're doing for Turkey, these are some things you can talk about. You have to give the kids choice. You can't just say this is it or you fail. Especially at that age. And right. some people in the comments brought up like, there are teachers who intentionally make students write something that's the opposite of their beliefs. Like someone brought up their high school teacher, gave them a survey about a topic, and then made them argue for the other side as a way to right. put yourself in the other side's shoes and all that. You have to learn how to write counter arguments as well, right? It's an important lesson in being able to discern fact and fiction and understand that not everything you read is true just because somebody believes it to be so. Mm -hmm. Hey, yes, we do we do still teach those things in school for all those people who think that we don't. <laughs> but you you can't just say this is the way you're going to do it because that's what I think and there's no other option. Yeah, and and I think this type of essay is like so she's giving them the topic and giving them the main points and saying you do the research that is not an appropriate assignment for, for that age level yeah. just as far as like it, it, whatever the topic was about the more appropriate thing to do would be okay find some research and then form your opinion and evaluate that research form your opinion and then write the essay using the stuff that you found but that would have to be very scaffolded like very yeah broke 
broken down for 10-year-olds. I would even argue that the teacher should provide the evidence yeah. for that age group, right? So Both sides. Yeah. Here's both sides of the argument. Here are some, like, five facts about how, you know, turkeys are. Especially since it's about animals being killed, right? You don't want kids to be searching up turkeys being killed for Thanksgiving. And, yeah, that's going to open up a whole can of goddamn worms. Yeah. I I feel like kids shouldn't be doing their own research until, like, high school. No, no. I don't let my eighth graders do their own research i provide them with research to read and then they use that research yeah so i don't want them fucking spending 29 hours looking up gruesome pictures and then they've got nothing to write about i do remember in second grade i had to write a an essay or like write a report mostly more like a report about an animal uh and do research on it and that back then it was uh you know finds a thesaurus <laughs> or not a thesaurus right. a encyclopedia and look up the information and then synthesize it into a paper which i feel like would be more appropriate because it's just find information about this thing and report it as opposed to use evidence to construct an argument i think this teacher's just fucking done which i I can't really blame them because this year has been really hard but (laughs) you know when you get into the point where you're shit talking parents and kids on a live mic yeah you got to get out. I this person is either a really new teacher or a really old teacher. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's nothing in between. Um, <laughs> they either do not have enough experience to know that this is wrong, or they're just so fucking done, and they're gonna <laughs> hand in their resignation. I'm gonna be annoyed if this teacher has tenure and can't be fired mm-hmm. because all this stuff is bad. Just bad, pra- just generally bad teaching practice number one, but then just like. Bad human practice, too. I'm proud of OP's uh, daughter for uh, being like, here are some alternative assignments that I could do. Could I do these? Yeah. You can't be making kids upset about fucking Thanksgiving. Jesus. Just let them have it. Yeah, I I would say that this topic isn't inappropriate, but the way that she's going about it is really bad. Yeah. Uh, She needs to provide research for both sides, have them come up with their own idea, and then write the essay. I don't... I'm not even sure I would be making 10-year-olds write essays because that's, especially in a distance learning environment, unless they have already been practicing paragraphs and whatever, I would get them to do a debate Yeah. before they did any writing about it. Writing an essay is hard. My eighth graders struggle with it. Yeah, for 10-year-olds, this essay would take a month, probably, of distance learning. It would take a very long time with very heavy scaffolding. It would have to be like a whole quarter project. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, it's realistic to ask kids to do this. This is the kind of teaching that gives other teachers trying to do distance learning a bad name. Yeah. Like, I have people complaining because I give their eighth graders three assignments a week that they're supposed to do in class, but that they're not doing. (laughs) And they're like, why are you giving them so much work? I'm like, if we were in school, they'd have done it. It's, It's not I'm giving them insurmountable amounts of work. I've given them seven sentences to write, and I've given them three days to do it. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm down to about a third of the normal work. Yeah, I'm I'm just... And even, even at that rate, I'm getting much fewer kids turning work in than I should. Yeah. So... I have some kids who are speeding through and I have nothing to do. And some kids who have literally zero percent. Yeah. I um I just graded some papers for my co-teach class and they actually only about half of the students turned them in, but those who did pretty much all got A's and B's, so Yeah, the kids who are turning the work in are doing it right. The kids who aren't turning anything in, jeez. Yeah. I 
I think this problem is exacerbated by the distance learning. And I feel like this teacher is probably, like you said, kind of given up because of distance learning and is tired and... Or they are like, now is my chance to teach the youth of today the benefits of being vegetarian. And I mean, and you can say I'm vegetarian because of this. You know, here's why I'm vegetarian in a child-friendly way. But the way that she's going about this is just gonna get her in trouble. Yeah, that conversation needs to be, oh, I'm a vegetarian because I don't think that animals should be killed for me to eat them. That's it. That's that's all you got to say on that matter for 10-year-olds. And I, I've heard of 10-year-olds who decide right. not to eat meat. And kids who, like, I have a student who's been vegetarian since she was little. And sometimes it's because you just don't like to eat it. Yeah. Just find it gross. And that's fine. But, and it's also, it sounds like some of this information is inaccurate and it's going to scare the kids and cause some issues. You know, if their family eats turkey for Thanksgiving, they're going to be scared that it's going to kill their family. And that's probably not going to happen unless they do a deep fryer and burn the house down. (laughs) I gave my kids a fact or fiction sheet for Thanksgiving to read and like have a look at and whatever, answer some questions on it. And one of the kids was like, turkey has acid in it? I'm like, dude, most foods have acid in it. Because you think of acid as like a cartoon thing that burns through the floor. Right. He was freaking out. He was like... I can't, I can't eat turkey if it's got acid in it. I'm like, yeah, most foods have some kind of acid in. Like, it's fine. It's good for you to have a little tiny bit. It's like folic acid and all that good stuff. But like, <laughs> just calm down, mate. It's fine. If I told you about apples, I think you'd lose your mind. All right. So that's that one. <laughs> yeah, no, she should be reported. Report that bitch. Yeah, you've talked to her several times. So it's yeah, to it's time to escalate. talk to the principal now. All right, so this one, OP is 28 and his girlfriend's 26. Am I the asshole for not wanting to pay to stay in my girlfriend's already paid off house? There's a lot of tricky questions today. (laughs) It's like the sushi boat one. It starts off very like, well, I think I know the answer to this, but it could go either way. Very much enjoy the sushi boat. All right, my girlfriend and I have been dating for about three years now. She's been living at her parents' house since she graduated from college at 21, despite having more than enough money to move out or move in with me as a software engineer. Her reasoning was that she wanted to save up and invest all her money, and I mean literally all of her money, she doesn't have to pay for rent, groceries, utilities, or anything, to buy this million-dollar house next to the lake. What? Well, who would have thought if you dumped 150k into the stock market every year, it isn't that hard to end up with well over a million dollars in a couple of years. She bought the house without having to take out any loans, and I finally thought we could move in together. Then she lets me know that I need to pay the $700 a month HOA fee if I want to stay with her. What? That's so expensive for an HOA. $700 a month? Oh my god. She doesn't even think it's fair to split it since she put all her money into the house and I wouldn't be able to afford a house like this without her doing so. That she's already paid more than her fair share and I should pick up the rest. She also said I already pay more than this for the apartment I share with my roommate, so it's not like I can't afford it. My girlfriend makes significantly more than me and my name isn't even on the house, so I don't think it's fair to make me pay anything. Am I the asshole? No. And then edit to clarify she wants us to split property taxes and utilities 50-50, but wants me to pay the full HOA fee monthly. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Nobody should be paying an HOA that much money. <laughs> that's not even the issue which one of them is paying it. It just, they shouldn't right. be paying $700 in HOA fees. That sounds like they've probably got like a real nice country club in their 
housing development. I'd probably have a fucking golf course. Like, I don't know why anybody... Jesus. What is that paying for? Almost certainly at least a pool, if not like a harbor, <laughs> like docks in the, on the lake. I'm assuming, yeah, dock access and maintenance. They better be doing all the fucking landscaping for that amount. Right? I better not be having to pay for a gardener. Jesus. That's very... I don't know. That's that's very punitive to the boyfriend for no reason. Like she can afford it. If you can't afford the HOA, don't buy the house. Well, she obviously can afford it, and she can afford it. So yeah, that's, that's some bullshit. Well, my my issue here is that he is pretending like she is not paying rent or like not pay- she's not paying a mortgage. Therefore, she's living there for free. But she's not living there for free. She bought the house outright. Right. So she paid her thing and they're not married so she is within her rights to say hey you pay more than $700 a month now with a roommate in an apartment so you could easily pay just this $700 a month and be fine and live in this much nicer house than your current living space right but if they're splitting everything else down the middle that should also be split down the middle he is not the only person enjoying the benefits of the hoa if enjoying can be a verb used with hoa (laughs) afterwards whatever that is whatever that is like i get that she's paid for the house but she hasn't paid for any rent or anything for several years so it's not like she is losing anything by paying that half of the HOA fee. Does that make sense? I don't feel like I've made that make sense. I, I kind of get it. Like If she could afford to put all of her money in stocks and shares and she wasn't seeing it anyway on a monthly basis, then what harm is it going to be for her to split the HOA fee? I guess my issue would be that the HOA fee, it's hard to, it's hard to like parse that because HOA fee just goes... It's like throwing money into the lake. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. like it doesn't go into equity. It's not going to keep no. the lights on. So it's really hard to kind of parse that. But I think that even though she had the privilege absolutely to live at home, she had a really high paying job, she was able to invest it. She still spent her own money on the entire house and saying that he should pay the HOA at least until they're married I don't think that's unreasonable. And then they can split it. I just feel like, I feel like she's punishing him for not being as well off as as her. Almost like, well, you've had to throw your money away renting anyway, so you may as well throw your money away for my HOA as well. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of how I see it. As somebody who has been renting for a long time, and I know you've been renting for a long time as well. Yeah. It does feel like throwing money away. And yes, she's been, she's 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 paid for the house, but... She's done that from a position of, I could afford to do this without any negative consequences. He's got nothing. He has no equity. He's got nothing in this house and he's got nothing in the house that he's living now. So him continuing to just throw $700 away every month for something that is not purely a benefit to him that someone else is enjoying too. I don't know. That feels very punitive to me. Yeah, I, I get I This one is a very controversial post too because you can definitely see both sides. But I feel like my initial reaction was to be on her side specifically because he's... The $700 is less than his current rent. And she's not making him pay rent, which if it wasn't paid off, might be a different story, but... But he doesn't have to live there, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's it's not... I just don't... I don't see the point of making him do it when it's not like he's homeless and he could be putting that money towards 
his actual rent. It's, it's, it's... Yeah, but then it's just throwing money away at the rent. It's throwing money away either way. Yeah, but this is... And the fact that it's, like, less, too. Um, But I understand him maybe being insecure about it because he doesn't have any... Like you said, he doesn't, he's not getting any equity. He's not getting any, like, <laughs> safety. If they break up, then... She's, she's gonna have to pay it anyway. Yeah. But also, again, he would be spending way more money if he continues to live with his roommate. I think personally, so. if it was me, I, A, I would never have bought a house where I, there was a $700 HOA fee in the first fucking place. So <laughs> Yeah, and so it's hard to wrap the head around. In my head, I think that's why I'm thinking, well, it's her bad. She should pay it. She chose to buy that house. He didn't choose to buy that house. That it has Nothing she has done with this house has any bearing on him. She could have done that with or without him. That's completely beside the point. So now asking him to pay for the HOA is kind of like a meh, fuck you. Like, he didn't decide to buy the $700 HOA house. I, I just, I don't see... If he was definitely going to be living there forever, right? Like, they were married and she'd put all the money into the house and whatever. I'd be like, well, yeah, she's bought the house. You're married. You should pull your weight a little bit. But they're not even engaged. Yeah. And I guess it feels like if he wasn't paying for the old HOA fee, maybe he could save more money just right. in case. I just, yeah, it, it just seems arbitrary and dumb. Yeah. It, uh, petty, I guess. Yeah. that I, I think that's why I'm so averse to it it's like well 700 dollars in an hoa is stupid <laughs> so now making someone else pay for that is also stupid but also like if i mean they are splitting everything else so like property taxes and nhs yeah. so they are splitting splitting the cost of living evenly and it seems somewhat arbitrary for her to have him pay the, the hoa yeah. fee but i also see her side because she pay she paid for the whole house and so yes. it would be nice to have him contribute a little bit but also it seems like money is not really an issue for either of them and they could just stop being petty it's only 700 dollars a month like split it just split it yeah just just split it down the middle it doesn't have to be an issue yeah it's dumb if she makes 150k well and it heavily depends on what state they're in i wonder it's how a fucking drop in the ocean for her if she's making 150k like, I'm, I'm never going to see 150k <laughs> in my fucking lifetime. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's irritating on a visceral level to me. Yeah, my issue is that he is acting like she is living in the house for free. But she's not. She's not. She paid for it. So I guess it's more his attitude. Yeah, the problem here is his attitude and who the fuck buys a house at a $700 HOA area anyway. I can't, I can't, I can't get past that. <laughs> That's... So here's part of a comment that I feel like kind of sums up my belief. Someone says, he acts like she's living there for free because she owns the house without a mortgage payment. Seriously? She spent a million on the house. It wasn't free. And then someone said, that's exactly what's happening here. OP doesn't feel like his girlfriend had to pay for the house because she was able to do so by crashing at her parents. He therefore feels entitled to her investments. So yeah. it feels like he is dismissing, which like, again, she didn't do any work. She just had the privilege to, yes. to do it. But also like he isn't entitled to that privilege. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. She, just because her job pays well enough for her to do that, doesn't mean that he then gets to enjoy the fruits of that labor because they're not married. They're not even engaged. So she's basically a stranger off the street that he occasionally sleeps with. <laughs> um, so 
her allowing him to live in the house is very nice. But yeah, it's not like he doesn't have anywhere else to go. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky one. I feel like their whole attitude about the situation, both of them, is not necessarily indicative of valuing the relationship over the financial aspect. How old are they? 26 and 28? Yeah. She's 26, which like, good for you, girl. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing achievement. I've started feeling really shitty about myself because I'm 30 years old and I don't own anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no one in our generation owns anything. <laughs> I know. And it's like, oh, I just, I just want to own something. I just want something to be mine. Like I have this very intense feeling about that right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I just want something for me and that no one can take from me. <laughs> that would be very bad. <laughs> we had the home buyers workshop yesterday and they asked us to like, put down all of your assets and i'm like i have a shitty car <laughs> i have uno caro it's, it's really bad <laughs> it's probably gonna start costing me more than it's worth in the uh, next year or so <sighs> yeah that's it's got two hundred fifty thousand miles on it damn how is that thing still together it, it's a toyota <laughs> oh that makes sense <laughs> toyota's a fucking indestructible cars i don't know how they do it <laughs> but yeah so i feel that yeah it's just it's rough it's hard. Yeah. All right. So this last one is a doozy. Do they not have ages? It's the name of the asshole post. I guess it doesn't really matter. Am I the asshole for not wanting to get rid of the anime body pillow that saved my marriage? <laughs> now, my question is, would you like to see the picture of the anime body pillow Fuck before or yes. after? I want to see it now. <laughs> I want to see this body pillow. We'll tweet it with the episode. Oh, hot damn! She says this isn't the exact one, but it is, uh, close. Shit. It's- That is- that is some waifu. <laughs> damn. Okay, I'm gonna keep her on my screen while we- Alright. Throw away for obvious reasons. My husband and I are best friends during the day. Love of my life. It's at night that's an issue. I'm a blanket stealer. I once yanked them so hard that poor hubby flipped a full 180. <gasps> hubby, for his part, is a thrasher. Bruce Lee would be jealous of the moves he pulls while unconscious. It's a constant war between us when we fall asleep, and both of us often wake up sore and exhausted. It was starting to affect our relationship. Neither of us wanted to move to a separate bed because we like spending our nights together, but it seemed like an inevitability. We were both crabby every morning, and we started fighting as soon as we got up. It sucked, but neither of us wanted to concede defeat and move to the other bed. Quick background. I was a huge nerd as a teenager. Full-on otaku. Go ahead, cringe. I do too. One night, as a joke, I brought down an old anime body pillow from the attic, I know, the cringe, and plopped it down between my husband and I, declaring it our demilitarized zone. Hubby also thought it was hilarious, and we named her DMZ-chan. She stayed there the whole night. DMZ-chan, that's so good. It was a game changer. DMZ-chan protected me from Hubby's REM-induced rampages, and she's just heavy enough that I can't yank the blankets at full speed. DMZ-chan is now a beloved part of our nightly routine. We both thought it was the funniest thing but she legitimately helped us solve the only real issue in our marriage. One day, mother-in-law stopped by to pick something up. She got up to use the restroom, passing by our open bedroom door. You can guess what she saw. DMZ-chan, propped up in the middle of our bed, her giant soulful anime eyes looking right back at mother-in-law. When she got back, she quickly grabbed her stuff and left. Hubby and I were both confused. She later mentioned DMZ-chan to hubby while they were on the phone, and it absolutely mortified him. As far as I know, mother-in-law now thinks we're deviants in a three-way relationship with a body pillow. Oh, God. <laughs> Hubby was too embarrassed to explain, and now he wants to put DMZ-chan back in the attic. I was upset. 
I told him I didn't want to go back to boxing each other at night, and that DMZ Chan helped us so much in that. He agreed, but suggested we get a normal plain body pillow case to replace her. I felt like there was no need to spend money on something we already have, and if it really was that big of an issue, we can put her in the closet while we have company over. Hubby is firm in that she has to go permanently. I know, he's embarrassed, but I feel like we shouldn't have to compromise our inside jokes to appease other people. Am I the asshole? No, I love DMZ Chan. I don't <laughs> even know what she- Like, shit, that's the most perfect solution to that problem. Right? And I say this as the thrasher and the, and the cover stealer. <laughs> I am both of these people in one person. I like to starfish in the bed. <laughs> and I've always liked to starfish in the bed since I was a very small child. Um, we, ha- we have a California king and somehow I still manage to uh, take up two thirds of the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> and I'm not a big person. I'm a very little person. <sighs> Protect DMZ Chan. <laughs> With your life. She's done nothing wrong. Like, this is a mother problem. Yeah. If this solution works for them, there's no issue. And they know it's not sexual, and they know that it's, you know, literally saving their marriage. They just need to say, it's none of your fucking business, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. It's not what you think it is, but at the same time, (laughs) it doesn't concern you. Yeah, it doesn't matter. OP says that it just feels like now he's ashamed of something we both enjoyed. Like he's embarrassed about a part of my history. It's not like I'm super into anime, but seeing how put off he is by his mom knowing about that part of me makes me feel bad. But if you're right, if push comes to shove, we'll get the plain pillowcase. The plain pillowcase is probably good for when you know you have guests coming over. Right. Right? You can have DMZ Chan in full weeaboo glory on your bed when you know no one else is coming, right? <laughs> when you know that you have nosy mother-in-law coming up, you can either just cover her up in the duvet, just put her underneath the duvet and cover the, the pillow. Yeah, I don't know why it has to be a whole thing. Just put or, it underneath. Yeah, or put a plain pillowcase on it, you know. There, there are gonna be... There are definitely always situations where if a certain part of nerd culture is a big part of your personality, you have to explain that to people and sometimes it's embarrassing. Because nerds have been conditioned to believe that everything they like is wrong. Yeah. So him being embarrassed because of the waifu pillow, I I get that, right? It's not something you would bring out and show people. Like, I I don't bring out my Pokemon plushie that I used to sleep with until I was 26 years old and show that (laughs) to people. Like, it's, it's, it was comfy and it's very good for cuddling. It's the exact right shape and, you know, I was single for a very long time. When I uh, hurt my knees, I had to, like, put a pillow between them. Otherwise. Right? Yeah. It was painful. Sometimes you just want to hang on to something and you can't strangle your spouse in their sleep. (laughs) Right. They don't like that for some reason. No. Unless, again, it's part <laughs> of your kink and it's consensual and you both are in- into it. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of relate to this because I have my big Overwatch gaming chair, right? And I got it before it was required by my school district for me to show my face in my Zoom calls to my kids mm-hmm. in school. Do I need to necessarily be embarrassed about all the Overwatch I play? I mean, aside from the answer being probably, the answer is definitely no. It's something that I enjoy. It's something I, you know, I, 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 I like and relaxes me and I play with my friends and it's it's good. And age appropriate for your students to see. Right. It's not like it's a sexy anime body pillow. Right. At the same time, that was a kind of weird conversation to have with the kids. They're all like, oh, you play Overwatch. It's like, oh, yeah. Because I know I'm a grown ass adult. 
and I'm in a position of authority here, and, you know, you don't want the kids to be too familiar with you. Now, I feel like it's useful for them to know that uh, you are tuned in to things, and that way they won't try and do things like put the eggplant emoji in their Kahoot name or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, keep in mind, I do live on the internet, and I do know what things mean. <laughs> Dudes, you think you were brought up on the internet? Let me tell you. <laughs> I know what broad, I know what fucking dial-up tone sounds like. So last week, a student was, like, stayed after class. He usually stays after class because he has lots of questions. Yeah. And our co-teacher had to go to a meeting. So it was just me and him. And he was, like, on the shelf back there. Is that is that a Toad plushie? Like, from Mario. And I was like, oh, no. It's a pigeon from Hot to Full Boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not mine. It is my husband's. Your husband's fucking pigeons. Yes, we have about two dozen pigeons. So many goddamn pigeons. My husband just came in, saw the picture of this body pillow on my screen and was like, Mine did the The fuck? He walked by too and was like, what? Did I spoil Christmas? Yes, you spoiled Christmas. I was going to get us this beautiful purple head waifu. I was going to get my code vein character on a body pillow. So it was very awkward. I, he's like, what's that? And I'm like, it's a dating simulator. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh no, why, should, why did I say that? I should have just said it was like a high school a game where you're in, you're a bunch of birds in the high school. But that's not really what it is. And I hate when people tell me that about that game. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a fun time dating pigeons. It was not a fun time dating <laughs> pigeons. It was scary and I didn't like it gave me nightmares there's a kickstarter there were actually two kickstarters of the different plushies and so my husband got both of them and all the bonuses too so fuck those pigeons two dozen pigeons in our apartment which is fine because i have way more stuff than that like all he has is the pigeons and some amiibos amiibos it's fine when the doctor pigeon isn't staring at you while you're trying to sleep (laughs) you could just turn him around i didn't want to touch him there's a ghost one that's above my desk or it's not a ghost it's crying Oh, the crying pigeon. Yes. There's a couple that cry. Yes. But yeah. Anyway. Do not play Hatterful Boyfriend. (laughs) It it is not the cute simulator you think it's going to be. It is not just a fun time of pigeon fancying. I had nightmares for two weeks. I swear to fucking God. Uh, For those who don't know, it's similar to Doki Doki Literature Club where you're like, oh, this is going to be a nice time. Oh, no. Bad things. But yeah, so she has an edit. Sweet bees, this blew up. I was not expecting all the attention. Just wanted to say thank you to everyone for chiming in. I admit I was being stubborn. I drove over to Target on my lunch break and bought a new cover for 10 bucks. I put it on DMZ Chan as soon as I got home. To those asking, I did wash her after fishing her out of the attic, and I am now waiting on hubby to get home so I can apologize for making him uncomfortable. DMZ Chan shall live on in our hearts and under the blanket when company's over. There we go. And also people were pointing out, like, if you've had this body pillow for a really long time, you definitely want to either wash her or get a cover that you can wash because she's probably real dirty living in the attic for, like, several years, so. For sure. Yeah, sounds like that's a reasonable compromise. If that particular body pillow is working for you, you don't want to, like, get a new one and ruin the equilibrium. Right. It it would be different difficult trying to adjust to a different weight and size and maybe density. Like Yeah. D- one of the reasons why I kept my Pokemon plushie for so long is because it was the right like 
feel for me to be able to sleep, if that makes any kind of sense. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't too soft. It wasn't really hard. It was, like, just the right kind of pressure for me to just roll my arms over it. And She does say that DMZ-chan is dummy thick, which is why I feel like it would be a waste <gasps> to get a regular body pillow. Dummy thick. Hell yes. <laughs> DMZ-chan. Oh, protect DMZ-chan. And for those who will definitely ask, the character is Saber from Fate slash Stay Night. Huh. I'm not going to Google that because I can guarantee the immediate Google image result is going to be porn. I'll do it. Oh no, Morgan, you don't oh, have no, to do it's it. Fine. <laughs> My safe is search is on. Uh, she looks like a Fire Emblem character, essentially. Okay. What color is her hair? She's blonde. Oh, lame. <laughs> <laughs> She has like it looks like she has a like a gown like a princess gown and then she has like armor. Okay, she cool. seems cool. Does she seem like a nice person? Yeah. Okay, well that's fine. She seems like best girl. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, my husband would not be pleased if I had a Sephiroth body pillow. I'd be very happy. Oh God, I'm sorry oh, for God, that. Oh <laughs> God, sweet Jesus, the length of this link. Holy shit, Morgan. <laughs> I just pasted ah! the link from Google, which I shouldn't have done. Oh that my is, god, It's I had to scroll so far. That is an eight mile long link there. I'm going to video that, and that's just going to be the picture for the Twitter link. <laughs> is how long this fucking... <laughs> Here's the one in her shit. Okay. Oh no, she's cute. Yeah, she looks like a Fire Emblem sl- slash link. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, she's cute. I'm into that. She can stay. <laughs> Fuck this link. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna record this. That's some wild ass shit. Oh my god, why is it so big? Now I'm gonna Google Sephiroth body pillow. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna awaken things in me. I don't want awakened. <laughs> All right, mostly it's ones where his hair is like a loincloth, like like bayonetta. Mm, that's what you want. <laughs> I really want. You know how they have those like boob mouse pads. I want yes. one, but for McCree's butt. And they only have McCree boob ones. McCree boobs? Yeah. Type it at Google McCree boob mouse pad. I'm, no. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Oh my god. What is wrong with nerds? Like, you give the rest of us fucking complexes. <laughs> like, they have a Tracer butt one and a Genji butt one. Oh, Genji's butt though. They have several Genji butt ones. They have Mercy's butt. They have Diva's butt. I have a very important question. Is Genji's butt a robot or a human butt? Well, I'm seeing different versions. <laughs> like, is it going to be squishy, though? That's that's the most important question. Yeah, I would guess it's just armor or like... Because he got sliced in half, right? He lost his legs. I don't know how necessarily that happened. Oh, Hanzo did it. Right, but we didn't. That's not in the animatic, right? Because the anim- their animatic is after. Uh, no, it's in the law. It's in the rest of the law. But like, yeah, does does he have a robot or a human butt? These are the important questions I need Daddy Jeff to answer for me. <laughs> the Hanzo boob ones are way better than the McCree boob ones. Here's the McCree boob one. Why did they nerf Reaper's thick ass butt? <laughs> because it was this glorious bubble butt that was just, mm, and then they made it flat and boring. I don't want my butts to be censored in Overwatch. <laughs> God, now I'm going to have loads of there you go. body pillow fucking shit. That second link has all of the oh different God, ma- Overwatch so mouse pads. Fucking, so fucking grim. I don't know why people are attracted to 
Oh, it's a Demacree. He just looks slimy. He's voiced by Matt Mercer. I know. <laughs> I love Come Matt on. Mercer, but McCree could fuck right off. It's Lucio or GTFO. Lucio is pretty awesome. But he's Lucio more like a is. best friend. <laughs> I, w- I want to cuddle him. I feel like he'd give great hugs. This has now devolved. Into... <laughs> I'm just looking at all the recommendations on Amazon for butt mouse pads. <laughs> Why, they have every character's butt except for McCree. Someone get on this. Do we have a Reaper bubble butt? I feel like we definitely should, but... We should, but no. We need to make Reaper thick again. We do have a Reaper boob mouse pad. No, no! I mean, they even have a Zenyatta one, so... What? (laughs) No! Uh, it worries me. I worry about people. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, you know those changing pillow, Like the sequin... Where you brush it oh, one yeah, way, it's one with thing. Nicolas Cage's face underneath. Yes, yes. They have yes, yes. also Nicolas Cage mouse pads I am finding here. Oh no. Anyway. <laughs> Blast Macash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I oh I feel dirty. Apologies to all of my adult friends who are listening to this and who are not as immature as we are. My mom's gonna be listening to this like I don't understand any of this. Mum, do not Google any of the things we've talked about in the last 15 minutes. Please, for the love of God, don't Google any of this stuff. I want to protect your eyes. God. Well, on that note, I wanted to end things with kind of like a new thing. With a subreddit shout out to subreddits who do good work. And the subreddit I have this week is 2xsex, which is a place where women can get advice about their bodies and relationships and sex and it definitely needs more attention so subscribe oh, yeah. to 2xx it's a very good it's a very supportive and inclusive place even though yes. it says 2xx but anyway very good you can find me on twitter at morgan underscore slay you can find our podcast at r the letter you the word serious pod where you can send us mccree <laughs> no so- no not mccree Send it to the email because I check the email. Yeah, Morgan will love that shit. Are the letter you the word serious pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can send me your sensuous Sephiroth deviant arts at uh, Esme underscore C underscore nose, as in knows lots of things on Twitter. Or you can tell me who the best best girl is on Facebook, are the letter slash you the letter serious podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just really quickly go into my browser history. <laughs> Please uh, don't be recommending these things on my. On my Reddit ads. Please. If, my mom. My poor mom. Oh my god. If you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends where they can find some hot goss that doesn't involve depressing things usually. Usually. I mean, sometimes we're forced to talk about racism. But... <laughs> I skipped over that one today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Because I was like, you know, we're exhausted. Let's keep it light-ish. Well, at least one. I know what I'm going to buy you for Christmas now. <laughs> If you can find it, there's no McCree butt mouse pads. I swear. Uh, I'll make you one. (laughs) With my fair hands, I will sculpt his man butt.